Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to City Church Online. I am so glad that you're tuning in with us. My name is Drake, and it's an honor to have you here today. I just want you to know before we get started, hey listen, we see you, we want to hear from you, and we are here for you. And so I'd like you right now, I want you to use the chat, whether you're on our online platform or Facebook Live, use the chat and let us know what did you wear to church today. Right now, just type it in there. What did you wear to church today? Unless it's inappropriate, then do not do that because that's not cool, okay? Listen, I just don't want you to underestimate the value of you tuning in live. It's so awesome to have you, and I think something unique happens when we do this together. And also, I want to remind you, make sure you're using that connection card. It's, it's pinned on our Facebook Live feed. It's there in the online platform. It's how we, how we do all forms of communication, and we would love to help you take next steps to serve you, to pray for you, to empower you. And lastly, you can use that invite button on our online platform and literally right now send a text message to somebody inviting them to join you for church online. Or if you're on Facebook Live, hit that share button right now. We would love for you to do that. Just a heads up, this is not just going to be a beneficial conversation for you but for everyone in your sphere of influence. So we'd love for you to do that. A couple of things I want to celebrate, by the way. This last Saturday, we had our food and supply drive with the collective, uh, about eight other churches that joined us in that. And I just want to say thank you. Can we put our hands together right now? If you're on your couch, so awesome. If you're hanging out somewhere on your phone, put your hands together for all the amazing things we got to do together and making a difference in our city. So thank you so much for your radical generosity and being a part of that. Also, I want to let you know, May 8th, this is the kickoff of Mother's Day weekend, and we are celebrating moms with free lattes and donuts. Come on, somebody. Caffeine and carbs, that's what I'm talking about. So listen, moms, we love you. You're superheroes. You're amazing. We want to celebrate you. Our local Dunkin' Donuts here in Boulder from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're going to be doing free lattes and donuts for you. And so we'd love for you to come out, grab some of that on us. It'll be on our tab. Also, dads, if you're smart, you go out and get it for mom or hey listen if you got moms that are friends that are deserving you could even go pick it up for them and deliver it yourself we don't care we just want to love and serve you and celebrate moms in this unique season that we're in and so thanks so much can't wait to see you there for that and then lastly quick update is we have a movie night that same day may 8th that evening we're, we're doing a drive-in movie night in our parking lot here in north boulder and we would love to invite you and everyone that you know to come and join us appropriate social distancing is happening. We're going to have Kona Ice here with a drive-through option so you can pick up snow cones and popcorn for purchase and support a local business. And also, we're watching the new Trolls World Tour movie. It's going to be off the chain, so you don't want to miss it. And dads, if you're smart, you'll take the kids, leave mom at home, and let her have an evening to herself. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to see you guys there. Now, as we get into our conversation today, I don't know where you're tuning in, where you are on your spiritual journey, but I just want to kind of say this up front. If you have walked away or you're thinking about walking away or you have stayed away from faith or Christianity in general because of something that was in the Bible or something you were told about the Bible, I simply want to let you know that you might have walked away or stayed away un 
necessarily. And so there's this tension that we've been wrestling with over the last couple of weeks. And if you haven't caught it, you can go back and catch weeks one and two of this series. And I think we've been doing some really helpful foundational work. But the tension that we felt is, is that on one side, there are some unsettling things surrounding the, the conversations about God and religion and, and the Bible and in particular Christianity. And, and one of the challenges that we face is when we have some of these tensions and questions, we, we show up and we have these fact-based questions that we, we receive faith-based answers to. And that kind of is frustrating and not helpful, and so then it makes it even more of a doubting arena. At the same time, there's the other end of the spectrum, if we were going to embrace atheism, if you will, and, and run away from the other side. But the challenge is, like, man, I don't, I don't know if we're ready to run all the way over there. Like, we're just biology, and there's no real me in here, and it's just kind of, you know, made up. And, like, honestly, that kind of leads to a, a realm of despair. And so we have, like, doubt on one side and despair on the other. And maybe you're tuning in and you say, Drake, I don't know where I land, but I feel like I'm kind of stuck in the middle. I don't want you to know if you are there, you are not alone. Now, to be fair, you're probably not waking up every morning worrying about this conversation. You probably don't wake up with like a level of anxiety around this. But if you and I were to sit down and we were to have a dialogue together about your views and your stance, if you will, you'd probably say something like, you know, I'm not really religious, or or maybe you land in that category of I'm not sure where I am. I I hope there's something out out there, but I'm not really sure, and I'm not sure I'm ready, ready to commit one way or the other. Atheism for you maybe is, is not that appealing, but at the same time, Christianity has lost or is losing or, or has not been appealing either. And so there's two threads that we've been looking at over the last two weeks I introduced last week. And the first one is this, that there's a somebody told me so God. One of the reasons we have doubts, one of the reasons we have struggles, one of the reasons that we tend to walk away or stay away is that there's a somebody told me so God operating in the background. And this is like somebody told you God was a certain way and you heard it somewhere. And last week I talked about the idea of like maybe boyfriend God or Disney plus God. And hopefully the encouragement that you receive there is like, if you stop believing in boyfriend God or Disney plus God, good. Because those gods don't exist, and so maybe you've walked away unnecessarily from a god that never existed in the first place. At the same time, there's this other idea, a Bible tells me so, Jesus operating in the background. And so this is when you, know, you have like uh, doubts or, or questions or concerns, or you made a, mis- made a mistake, and all the responses you received were the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. And so then you have this tension, if you will, of, of wrestling with how that resolves the conflict. And let me just give you a warning. As we get into the conversation today, recognizing that these two things bring some struggles and doubts, I just want to give you a warning, okay? Today, this might be the message for some of you that gives you the permission for the first time to step back toward Christianity. And for some of you, this may be the message that gives you permission to step toward Christianity for the first time time. So I just want to give you a warning ahead of time, okay? And as we get into the conversation, there's kind of this this foundational idea that I'll show you through a, a little song, okay? There's a song that goes like this, Jesus loves me, this I know. Now real fast before we go on, I'm just curious, do you know the rest of the song? Fill it out right now in the chat that you're in. Tell me the rest of the song. What is it? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Probably even if you're not a Christian, you might have heard this song. Listen, great song. You know, there's some truth in here, but can I be honest? This is where most of our trouble 
started, okay? And listen, before you leave, don't close your browser and get out of here. Don't check out. Don't leave hate mail on my Facebook or Instagram feed. Unsubscribe from our YouTube channel, okay? Just hang tight because I promise this is going to be helpful. But here's what happens is this statement brings about an implication that the Bible is the reason that we believe, or, or rather, uh, another way to say it, that I can believe in Jesus, I can believe because it's in the Bible. And there's this whole idea and culture, and maybe you've been around this, grew up in this, heard about it, uh, this disposition and, and kind of viewpoint that says, hey, listen, if the Bible says it, that settles it. If the Bible says it, that settles it. And so, you know, we just approach every, every doubt, every question, every concern, every struggle. If the Bible says it, that settles it. It's black and white. And so here's the problem is that, you know, we send kids off to college with the, if the Bible settle, says it, that settles it mentality. And all of a sudden they discover, uh-oh, that didn't settle it, right? And so then they come back home and they're like, oh, no, like, like the Bible didn't settle my concerns. Mom, dad, pastor, help me out. What's going on? Like, what do I do with this tension? And here's the problem. Here's the problem with the conversation we're having today with this version, hear me, with this version of Christianity, here's the problem. If the Bible is the foundation of our faith, as the Bible goes, so goes our faith. And so in this version, Christianity is kind of like a house of cards. And if you remove one, it all comes tumbling down. And and hear me, okay, before you check out. Christianity can't survive in this version if something is wrong with the Bible. If everything in it is not absolutely true, if there's anything that comes up against it that proves that what's in the Bible is either not scientifically reliable or not completely historically accurate, if there's all of a sudden some apparent contradiction, for example, like the age of the earth and what the Bible says and the science says, and if we come up against it and we have a tension, the Bible says this and science says this and they're different and there's a contradiction and there's a tension, what do we do with it? And here's the challenge, and if you're an honest person, you're going to recognize this, that if the entire Bible isn't true, then the Bible isn't true. If we embrace this version and foundation as as, as the Bible being the foundation, if the entire Bible isn't true, the Bible isn't true. And here's what happens. We we start to grow up and we become adults or young adults, and, and we start to become aware of some of these tensions that maybe it wasn't all as true as I was led to believe. And all of a sudden, we have this tension, like, man, if I can't defend everything in the Bible, then everything in it goes away. And so we have this shaky foundation. Now, hear me. Here's the good news, is while all of this conversation is really unfortunate, it's also completely unnecessary. And here's why. Because the Christian faith is far more reliable and far more endurable than that. And so listen, if you walked away or you have stayed away from faith and stayed away from Jesus and stayed away from Christianity and stayed away from church because of something that you read in the Bible or something that you were told about in the Bible, listen, lean in. First of all, because you're not alone and because I believe this conversation is going to help you. And here's what I want you to know, the foundational truth of this conversation today. And if you're a follower of Jesus, listen, you need to hear this and you need to get it in your heart. And it's this, that Christianity does not exist because of the Bible. Christianity does not exist because of the Bible any more than you exist because of 
your birth certificate. You see, your birth certificate documents something that actually happened. And the New Testament documents that we have, they document something that actually happened. Christianity does not exist because of the Bible. It's actually the opposite. It's completely the other way around. And so in order to help us really flesh out this conversation, I need you to lean in. We're going to go to a timeline. Now, check this out. This is for some of you, this timeline right here. It's going to be helpful as we have this conversation. And some of you, listen, you got the attention span of a goldfish. And already, your eyes are rolling over in your head. And you're like me. And you couldn't stay tuned in history class for a millisecond. And so you're like, oh, no. Why am I watching today? Listen, I got something special for you. Watch this. Yeah, baby, that's for you. Okay, so listen, stay tuned because this is going to be helpful. Even if you don't remember anything I said, you're going to see some things move and you're going to be excited about it. So 30 AD, here's what happens. Jesus is crucified. You like that? Oh, yeah, Jesus is crucified. And then three days later, we have his resurrection. And then about two months later, we have the start of the church. And so in 30 AD, we have this entire set of events happening. Jesus is crucified and he rises from the dead. And then we have the explosion in the beginning of a couple hundred eyewitnesses talking about seeing Jesus risen from the dead and starting the movement that we now know as the Christian church. And so some really cool stuff happens around the foundation of the Christian faith in 30 AD. Are you with me? Track and say yes. Say, okay, good. We're on the same page. Now, here's what happens. In 70 AD, bam, crazy. The Romans come in and they destroy the temple in Jerusalem. Everybody say, temple destroyed. You with me? Okay, temple destroyed. The Romans come in in 70 AD, and they destroy the temple in Jerusalem. Here's what you need to know. 66, right in the middle here, 66 AD, there's a guy named Vespasian who becomes the emperor of Rome, and he begins to funnel all of the Jews into Jerusalem. And his son Titus comes along, and they build a wall around Jerusalem. And as they're getting all these different factions of Jews into the city, they start crucifying hundreds and thousands of Jews on the outside of the city walls in order to to serve as a threat, if you will, uh, to not mess with the Roman Empire. And then the Romans go in in 70 AD and they destroy the temple and they enslave tens and hundreds of thousands of Jews. They enslaved so many Jews that it drove the price in the slave market down. And eventually Jews are completely expelled from the city in Jerusalem. You say, Drake, why is that important? Why is that important? Because none of what happens here in 70 AD is in any of our New Testament documents, the historical documents that we have. None of what happens in 70 AD is in any of the New Testament documents. You say, why is that important? Here's why. Because what that tells us is that between 30 and 70 is when the New Testament documents happen. Because if, if you would have been around and they would have been written in this time period, you would have had to include the tragic, horrible events that were happening around Jerusalem at that time. And so we can conclude that in this middle ground is when uh, we have the New Testament documents, documents being written. And even if you take some liberal uh, dates and, and extend it out a little bit, there's still room. Here's why this is so important. is because during this time period, all of the eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus were still alive. Now, maybe you've been in, in, in school in history class and you heard like, oh man, the, the, the Bible was written around like 90 or 100 AD, and a lot of scholars want to push it out that far, but the problem is there is simply no evidence 
for any of our documents being written around 90 or 100 AD. And here's why they want to push it out that far is because if we can get it out past 70 AD, all of the eyewitnesses will have been dead. And so then all of a sudden we can start categorizing these, these Jesus stories into fables and legend. And you need to know this. I don't know if you know this, but it takes about 70 years, scholars say, for legend to start sounding like history. And so if we want the Jesus thing to just be a fish story that gets blown out of proportion, then we need to push the writing of our historical New Testament documents out further and further. The problem is there's simply no evidence for it happening past this point because there's none of the facts here, none of the history that happened, the tragic events around the, the, the Israelite nation, the, the Jews in this time, none of them are recorded. And so we can assume that somewhere in here, the New Testament documents are written. And what you need to understand about the New Testament documents is, is they didn't write like, like the, the, the authors, they didn't write like story, okay? They didn't write like, like trying to write a story. They wrote like they were historians. They were writing history. And Luke chapter 3, I'm going to show you this. Check it out. Luke chapter 3. Luke, listen, don't, don't think Bible when I read this to you. Understand, this is Luke, the doctor who wrote a historical document. So don't think, don't think Bible, think New Testament historical document, okay? Now watch how Luke writes in this time period. He says, It was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea. Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee. The next slide we have him going on. He says, His brother Philip was ruler over Iteria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was ruler over Abilene, and Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. So hold on, hold on, Luke, when did all this happen, right? Do you see like the amount of detail that goes in? What is Luke doing? He, he's intentionally writing with incredible historical accuracy. It's like Luke is shouting, fact check me, bro. This is the real deal. This isn't story. This isn't once upon a time. This isn't in a galaxy far, far away. This is at a very specific time with very specific people. Why is this important? Because if you're making this stuff up, you don't include these kinds of details. And so not only do we see it happening while the eyewitnesses are still alive, but we, say, we see incredible historical accuracy in these documents. And all of these documents were so valuable to the early church. They were so valuable that they started copying all of the New Testament documents, all of the eyewitness accounts that were in circulation. And all of a sudden, there's an explosion of copies. Now listen, you might not care about any of this, but I need you to hang with me for a second. There's an explosion of copies of all of the historical New Testament writings that we have. And there is nothing in history to match the amount of copies that were coming out until the creation of the printing press. This is a massive, massive thing happening, and, and they're, they're distributed all around the Mediterranean realm, and you might say, well, why is this important? Or maybe you have someone who's told you, oh, listen, because of all the copies that were made, like there's so many errors, and, errors and they, they copied it, and they copied it, and they manipulated it, and they made it sound like this when it was really like this. Listen, if, if you have heard that kind of explanation, I just want you to know that's an ignorant response to what happened historically in this moment. That's just someone who's lazy and doesn't want to do the work to actually verify how things were done and what happened. And here's what I need you to understand about the early church and the New Testament writers. They did not make copies of the Gospels because they believed that they were inspired. They made copies because they believed they were true. Eyewitness accounts seeing Jesus alive and telling everyone they could 
about him. Now fast forward all the way to 312 AD. 312 AD, everybody say Constantine. Helpful for you? Okay, we're back on the timeline. I know it's a lot. Everybody say Constantine, Constantine. Constantine becomes emperor, and there's this gap, okay? There's this gap between 70 AD and 312 where Christianity absolutely explodes. It's massive, massive growth. And what you need to know about this is that this was all during the persecution years. It's not like it was an easy time to be a Christian. In fact, there was an emperor, Nero, before Constantine. That dude was crazy. He was killing Christians, throwing them to the lions. That's when they were having games. He would take Christians, hang them on poles, dip them in tar, and light them on fire to light his garden at night. Absolutely crazy dude. And so this is a really, really hard time. It's kind of like this mystery of history that when, when the, the, the church should not have been making any progress, it was absolutely exploding in Growth And Constantine comes along, and he, he makes Christianity in 312 the state religion of Rome. And you need to understand something unique about Constantine. He wasn't really like embracing Christianity for himself, but rather he was looking to unify his empire. And so check this out. This is crazy, okay? He looks around, and he's like, hmm, what do most people in this entire empire have in common? And his answer was Christianity. He thought Christianity could bring his empire together. It was no longer the Roman gods, but rather Christianity. Here's my whole point. Okay, check this out. Christianity made its greatest strides, listen, during the 282 years before the Bible even existed. Are you tracking with me? Listen, Christianity grew and exploded not on the back of the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. Or rather, something so much better than that. Check this out. Let's go all the way to 350 A.D. You need to know that in 350 A.D., that was the first time the Old Testament was combined with what we, what we have now as the New Testament. This is the first one way over here is the first copy that we have. I know you were waiting for something to move, and I didn't do it for you just to see if you were paying attention, okay? And so you say, well, why, why, why is that the first time we have the Bible that we have today? It's because it was illegal and expensive up until this point to make that happen. And also, they were still collecting documents from the early eyewitness accounts and putting them together and still trying to figure out what was going to be in there. And, and What's really crazy is is it's not until 388 A.D. that we have this um, um, word, the Bible, even show up. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? It's not until all the way over there that the word, the Bible, even shows up. And I know you were wanting something, so this is for you. Bam! As we go out of our timeline, you are so welcome. Check it out. Here's my whole point. Really, really big, so stay with me. Before the Old Testament and the New Testament, before the Bible as we have it today, before they were combined and titled the B-I-B-L-E, Christianity had already, listen, replaced the pantheon of Roman, barbarian, and most Egyptian gods and was the state religion of the Roman Empire. Why is that important? Because before anyone held a Bible in their hands, Christianity had grown to this point. First, second, and third century Christians, hear me, who faced tons of persecution to follow and believe in Jesus, they believed that Jesus loved them so before there was ever a Bible to tell them so. There was not a Bible to tell them so. Are you with me? So Peter and James and John and Luke, these different eyewitnesses, you need to understand, they didn't choose to believe in Jesus 
because of an infallible or without error Old Testament or an uncontradicted New Testament. I want you to imagine this conversation with me for a second. Imagine you could sit down with Peter, one of Jesus' closest first century friends. And Jesus, you know, Peter's talking about Jesus, and he's kind of a Jesus freak. And you might come at Peter and you say, Peter, listen, did you know? Did you know there's no archaeological evidence for a worldwide flood? Did you, hold on, hold on, Peter, before you get excited about Jesus, did you know that the earth has to be more than 6,000 years old? Listen, Peter, before you get on your Jesus wagon over here, did you know that, that people are unsure that the Israelites could have made a migration from Egypt all the way to the prom, promised land? Like, before you start getting all crazy about telling everyone about Jesus, Peter, listen, you need to get your facts straight, bro. And I think Peter would look at you and me if we had that conversation and he'd say, uh, I'm not really sure what you're talking about, um, but, but what I need you to know is I watched my best friend die. And then three days later, I was told that his body was missing. And, and to be honest, I thought someone stole the body. And then a couple days later, I had breakfast with my resurrected friend on the beach. Like he and I shared some fish sandwiches and I saw my dead friend alive again. And so, so like, I, I don't know, you know, all of your you know, arguments and stuff, but I just need you to know that my faith doesn't hang by the thread of verifying everything that's in the Old Testament. Like, I, I'm Jewish, by the way, Peter would say. Like, I love the Old Testament, just, just for the record, but I need you to understand I'm not a follower of Jesus because of the Jewish scriptures. I'm a follower of Jesus because he rose from the dead. You need to understand, for the first 300 years, the entire debate, if you will, centered not on a book, but an event. People were asking for the first 300 years of the Christian faith, is the Bible true? Is the Bible true? What about this? What about that? It was all centering around a person. Did Jesus rise from the dead? And if you had a chance to talk to a few of the eyewitnesses, Matthew would say, oh, yes, he did. And Mark would say, oh, yes, he did. And Luke would say, oh, yes, he did, and here's why. And John would say, oh, yes, he did. And Peter would say, oh, yes, he did. And James, the brother of Jesus, would say, oh, yes, he did. And you could talk to Paul, and Paul would say, oh, no, he didn't. And then he would meet Jesus alive, and he said, oh, just kidding, I take it back. Oh, yes, he did. And you'd have all these different moments of verification of eyewitnesses seeing Jesus alive. Here's the, here's the deal, friends. Listen to me. There's no explanation to the success of the church if Jesus did not rise from the dead. The success of the church cannot be the Bible tells me so because there was no Bible to tell them so. But rather, the entire success of the church was built around the eyewitness accounts of the resurrection of Jesus. And so if you grew up in a the Bible says it, that settles it kind of culture. If you grew up around the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. And if, and if you had fact-based questions and you received faith-based answers in response, then I want you to know, listen, I understand you're not alone. And I'm sorry if that derailed you at some point, but I want you to know that that's a version that Jesus didn't originally introduce. That's a modified, updated, modern version. And somewhere along the line, there was a focus, and, and there was a spotlight shifted from defending who Jesus was and what he did to defending 
the Bible. And so if you ever ran into some conversations and you ran into some information that made the, the Bible indefensible for you, made it feel like a house of cards, and you found yourself with reasons to get out or get away or reject it, I want you to know that maybe you had the wrong version. Because the original version, the version that Jesus introduced, the version that the church grew on for almost 300 years before there was ever a Bible to tell them so, it was defensible. It was persecutable. It was fearless. It was compassionate. It was compelling. And it was endurable. And so, as an adult, maybe part of this song is still true. And I want you to know, part of this song is still, no matter where you're tuning in, it's still true. Jesus loves you. This you know. It's the second part that you need to wrestle with. Jesus loves you. This you know. Because Luke thoroughly investigated the accounts of all the events and interviewed all the eyewitnesses he could find to make sure that it was so. Jesus loves you, this you know, because Paul, who hated Christians on the front end, risked his life to tell you so. Jesus loves you, this you know, because Jesus' original followers were all martyred because they believed that it was so. Jesus loves you, this you know, because the early church defied an empire because they were convinced it was so. And so the reason that you should consider Christianity, the reason there is a way back into this thing, the reason there's a way into a relationship with God and an opportunity to embrace Jesus, the reason that you don't have to stay away has very little to do with a book and has everything to do with a person. And you need to ask the question, who is Jesus? And as Daniel comes, I'm going to close this out, and I want to invite you to wrestle with this. Jesus answered that question for us over and over and over again. And he punctuated his answer of who he was and what he was going to do by rising from the dead. Jesus predicted his own death and his resurrection. And those closest to the events, the eyewitnesses of that time, they documented it for us. And you need to understand, they did not document what they believed. They documented what they saw. So I want to invite you to reconsider. That maybe the issue is not the Bible, but rather it's Jesus. You see, Christianity did not disrupt an empire because of a true Bible. But rather, Christianity disrupted an empire because of a resurrected Savior. A Savior who loves you. This I know. And he died for your personal sin to prove that it was so. And so maybe you're here and you're tuning in and for the first time, 
some of the walls and the barriers of faith are being pushed to the side and you're realizing that the real re- wrestling point is, is who is Jesus and is he who he said he was and did he come to do what he said he would do and maybe for the first time in your life you are ready to respond to Jesus and to give your life to Jesus today that he indeed can give you access into a relationship with God that he can forgive you of sin and make you right with God and bring you into the family of God and in the simplicity of this moment friends I want you to know right now in your own heart and mind you can pray and say Jesus I believe that the, that the historical documents are accurate, that you were who you said you were, that you did what you said you would do, and not only did you die, but you rose for me. And I want a relationship with you today. And I give you my life. And if you would pray that simple prayer with me today, friends, I want you to have confidence that you can have a relationship with God starting today, even if you still have doubts surrounding the Bible. Maybe you're not sure where you land and maybe there's some tension in the middle and you just need to use that connection card and reach out and let us know so we can connect you with a pastor or a team member to continue to dialogue and wrestle through some of these things with you. And we're here for you. We want to help you. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and God is putting some people on your heart, people in your sphere of influence, a boldness to share this message with someone this week and start having intentional dialogue. Maybe you need to plug into a city group and get in community and maybe you need to invite someone to the drive-in movie or or make sure you're loving on a mom this week. Listen, just because we're having this conversation around the foundation of our faith doesn't mean we don't have any stock in the Bible. So don't tune out and make sure you show up next week because it's only going to get better from here. As we close, I want to pray for you. So take a moment, will you bow your heads and hearts with me right now? God, I just want to say thank you so much for giving us reliable evidence to know that Jesus loves me. And he loves us. And he loves my family. And he loves my neighbors. And he loves my coworkers. And he loves this city. And Jesus, I pray for anyone tuning in today that has never started a relationship with you, that they would realize that the Bible is not a barrier and they can have a relationship with you today. For those of us that are followers of Jesus, those of us that love you and have a relationship with you, man, would you burden our hearts with, with an opportunity to love and serve the people around us? Would you help us not only to maintain our health, but also to be agents of love in the world around us and helping people in this difficult time? And through it all, would you make your love and yourself known? And in through us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in, guys.